The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Customer Appreciation Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to investigate the ROI of two simple but important words, thank you. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about how to humanize your sales and marketing efforts to build more longer lasting and impactful relationships. Joining us today is Daniel Rodriguez, who is the head of marketing at Alice, which is both a sponsor of the MarTech podcast and a platform that takes the anti-blast and harass approach to B2B selling. Alice simplifies the time-consuming actions that drive real relationships and trusts using their B2B gifting platform that automates the process of researching a prospect's interests, writing them a card, and sending them a thoughtful hand-selective gift using AI-enhanced technology. So far this week, we've discussed why building real relationships matters, and today we're going to discuss how to relate effectively with your prospects. Here's the second installment of Customer Appreciation Week with Daniel Rodriguez from Alice. Daniel, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's Customer Appreciation Week. You're a customer of mine. I appreciate you. And if you're not on a diet, I would like to send you some cupcakes. <laughs> Please don't. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, this is part of the understanding who your customer prospects is. Sometimes you have to ask some questions. So sugar-free vegan cupcakes for Daniel it is. But kidding aside... So far this week, we've talked about why it's important to build a real relationship with the human that you are trying to sell and how this bucks the trend of the increase in marketing automation and some of the communications that we're sending out, which are meant to be personalized, but can often miss the mark. So today we're going to talk about the acronym that Daniel laid out, which is REAL. Daniel, remind me again what REAL stands for. Relatable, empathetic, authentic, and lasting. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the first step in the real way to build relationships, which is about being relatable. So Daniel, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Let's talk about what being relatable means to you and what people are doing or aren't doing right. I think one of the things you mentioned around the type of outreach that people are doing today and how it can come across as spammy and disingenuous and annoying to people, right? And I think that that's happening not just via email using marketing automation platforms. I think that's actually happening throughout pretty much every channel that people have access to. 
And the direct mail channel, which is one that we feel really passionately about because that's also part of what people use us to accomplish for themselves. People do that through the direct mail channel too. And when we think about relatable, and again, when, when we talk about relatable, we really mean it's about the person and not the persona. There are so many of these examples of how people are just not getting all the way there. And there are reasons why there's challenges that people can have, but making an investment and an effort that allows you to connect with the person at the personal level instead of to the persona. So let's talk a little bit about the data that goes into being relatable. We talk a lot about the use of data on the show, and a lot of it is how do you grab data in aggregate? How do you use it for your targeting? And this is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. And it's understanding what people are broadcasting about themselves, figuring out you know who they are, what their interests are. How are you grabbing data that helps you understand who a person is, what makes them tick without crossing the line and essentially stalking them? As we've been building our own company to then basically shortcut the amount of time it takes people to find out interesting information about them that then they can use to become relatable, we have had to figure out where that line is. And I can tell you because we've had to draw the line in the sand and train the technology to only surface a certain level of information. So if you are prospecting to somebody, from what we've been able to gather, it's fair game to acknowledge if somebody has children in the aggregate. But if you name somebody's kid's name, that comes across as very stalkerish and creepy even though they might do that on social media. In the public forum, they might go on Facebook with an open profile and they might be talking about their kid, Aiden or Brayden or Caden or Jaden or Hayden. And that is not something that is going to win you any brownie points with somebody because it comes across as very stalkerish. They're like, are you outside my window? Like, I'm very creeped out by you. And likewise, with people that have a dog or a cat, knowing the name of their dog or cat right off the bat does come across as creepy, but knowing whether or not they have a dog or cat and what type of dog or cat they have is actually like we've seen beneficial because people are really passionate as pet owners, really passionate about the breed of pet that they have. So it is a very interesting question. How do you make sure you don't come across you know, in certain ways? We also, I mean, I should have said this at the beginning, might go without saying, but there's all kinds of for security reasons and anti-discrimination reasons and everything that like we as a company are not surfacing any information. We aren't gathering any information. We aren't surfacing any information that would be about race, gender, religion, political belief, those types of things. So we would not recommend people utilize any of those as ways of, of trying to to become relatable to somebody right off the bat when you don't know somebody. Okay, so mentioning people's family members, let's throw pets into that mix as well by name, going into somebody's religion, sexual preferences, creed, color, anything like that off the record. Let's talk about the mediums with which you can gather the data. I think that there is a question mark on when you're trying to do some research on someone, whether you should follow them on personal social networks. This is outside of Alice. If you're trying to understand who someone is, most likely the best signal is going to be their Facebook and Instagram profile for what they're actually interested in personally. Should you be following and connecting with these people that you're trying to sell to in a non-professional setting? Or should you just leave that be and look for other data sources? 
I think that people who are active on social media and by active, I mean, they're posting, they're interested, obviously, in people interacting with their own posts. I mean, why do we post things on social media except for the vanity of the whole thing? So I think that that's totally fair game. It actually shows that you care and shows that person that, hey, this person's like a fan of me and that strokes somebody's ego. There was somebody that I remember chatting with who was like, you know, like a mid-level marketer, probably was less than six or seven years out of school. And they were talking to me how they had become part of the network and now had an actual relationship with the CMO of Nike. And I was like, how the heck did you do that? Well, actually, this person is really big on Instagram about Texas Hold'em. And so like, I just started following on Instagram. And then sometimes I like comment and post and then we have this banter. He's like, I don't know if this person would actually ever recognize who I was in person. But if I reached out through Instagram, like he would actually respond because like we have now this open dialogue and relationship. <laughs> I think it's still a tricky area when people are trying to sell to me and they reach out on Facebook. I think that that personally is crossing the line a little bit, right? Like, I, and I think it kind of goes into the platform. I don't care if somebody follows me on Twitter, by all means, like that is meant to be broadcast publicly. I think of Facebook actually making the connection that there is some data that I am trying to share with the people that I have existing relationships and the right process for me, this personal preference is I want to have a relationship first before I bring you into the personal network. And that's really how I think of that platform. Instagram is a little different. That's more of a vanity project. And honestly, it's mostly pictures of my kid at this point. But I do think that the context of the relationships that you have is very important. Hey, I see this person is a Texas Hold'em fan on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm going to engage them in that platform where they're posting publicly and talking about something that they're passionate about, build a relationship. Then I can connect with them on other platforms. I think that's probably the safest way to handle it because you're going to run into the old curmudgeons like me who are just like, man, I don't want to connect with you on Facebook. I don't know you. So you got to be a little careful. That's right. I agree with that. I think that for information that's publicly available, go and find it. Show that you did your homework because I think that people like seeing that you took time and energy and effort to just learn something about what I'm interested in. Don't necessarily blind connect with me and then try to have a sales relationship with me on Facebook because that's not where I do any of my work. I'm not living there for that reason. So when there's information publicly available, it's worth investing in utilizing it for interactions that you then want to take through the right professional channels. So talk to me about what the other data sources that people can look at outside of social network and broadcasting. Where are other signals being sent? about what someone's personal and professional interests are? Blogs and podcasts. And oftentimes those things show up on search so you can easily find your way toward that. And it's a pretty powerful thing to be able to reference something that somebody has said in the context of a selling interaction. I just recently put out, I think it was either a post I'd done or a podcast that I'd been on. And I had then somebody prospect me using this very being real human type of approach. And it was so obviously flattering and so clearly different than the way other people are reaching out. I was so compelled to respond. I was like, how could I not respond to this? And I think that there's an opportunity there that people miss, especially with more senior people, to use words that they've said and to engage with people on their terms. Yeah, showing that you're doing your homework and consuming the content that somebody is creating is a great way to build a relationship. 
Hey, Ben, I listened to the MarTech podcast. I heard the episode that you did with Daniel Rodriguez, where you mentioned that you have a two and a half year old son, a cat and a wife and are a big Cal football fan. I'm going to be at the game. If you're interested in meeting us at our tailgate, I would love to chat and connect with you personally, you know, and hopefully build a professional relationship as well. Hey, I'm in. Sold. Yeah, exactly. And the reality is we would all like to think of ourselves as such big time people, but no one ever does that <laughs> to me anyway. You know what I mean? Because like, no one ever tailgates at the Cal games. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Cal fans. <laughs> Let me give you another example that I think is so important. And you just said, oh, hey, someone reached out and said, oh, hey, Ben. Right. And it's also a huge pet peeve of mine, too. But I think that this goes across. When we talk about being relatable. If you don't even know what somebody's name is. Do they like being called the nickname, the shortened version of their name? Do they have a name that maybe you're not sure how to pronounce? So instead of freaking guessing and then you know, unapologetically guessing, maybe just asking or clarifying. Like I think some of the best salespeople have asked permission. Like, do you like to go by Daniel? Do you prefer Daniel or should I call you Dan? I'm like, actually, I'm so glad you asked. That was a very thoughtful thing for you to do. And this is very relatable now in this conversation because I don't like being called Dan. I like being called Daniel and I can explain to you why. And that's not super interesting. I just got very particular about it when I was in second grade. And then it's like, well, my friends call me Daniel. So it's this super awkward thing where somebody who's then like a casual acquaintance of mine who is attempting to look like they're closer to me calls me Dan in front of a bunch of people who know that I don't go by that. And they're like, Ooh, clearly that person doesn't know you. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking to a podcaster with the name Ben Shapiro, which is also a conservative political commentator. I don't care what your political preferences are. I'm let's call me apolitical or I am in the center and don't necessarily lean left or right. But what I can tell you is I don't love somebody making a bunch of noise using my name. And so, you know, (laughs) I totally can sympathize with that. Okay, Daniel, any last words about being relatable and making sure that you have the data to understand who you're trying to reach? Yeah, I mean, I would say that there's a very high likelihood that there is information out there publicly available to you that would allow you as a sales person or as a marketer acting on the seller's behalf to connect with somebody in a real way, in a in an actual like, this is something that I am actually interested in and you are also interested in and we can connect on that. And then the work to be done is actually going out there and getting it. Okay. Great advice. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Daniel Rodriguez, the head of marketing at Alice for joining us. If you'd like more of Daniel's tips for building effective customer relationships, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app or check back with us tomorrow morning when we're going to discuss why the letter E for empathy is the missing letter when you're spelling ROI. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Daniel, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is DLRDaniel, D-L-R-D-A-N-I-E-L. Or you can visit his company's website, which is alice.com, A-L-Y-C-E.com. There's only one more thing I want to tell you about. You could find a bunch of information in our show notes, contact information for Daniel, links to the episode summary if you didn't take notes. And also, you can always reach out to me on social media. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. So reach out if you have any questions, or you can go through our show notes and find a contact form there as well. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.